For those of you who listened to the podcast a few weeks ago, you will remember me saying that I was going to put an offer on my Month to Manifest program. Month to Manifest is the easiest manifestation course on the market right now. My intention when creating this course was allow it to be easy, simple, time efficient, like I'm not about things that take me a lot of time or I just won't do them. So this requires at the most five minutes of your time a day to be able to really hone your intentions on a daily basis. And not only that, one of the things we have done is to create a community of like-minded people where we meet once a month on a live and we set our intentions for the month ahead. It is so powerful and you'll get to meet those like-minded people who share in your joy and in your love of manifestations and we all lift each other up. It is so amazing. I love it and I would love you to join. One of the things that I have always wanted to do as well is to make this affordable and not only is it affordable every day but I am also giving you a discount on that right now. All you have to do is DM me the word manifest on Instagram and I will send you the unique discount code. Come and join us. Welcome to the Unbreakable Mindset Podcast, your burst of weekly inspiration to keep your mindset on track to manifest your greatest desires. I am Jude Don't, your host, a world-renowned mindset coach, helping my clients and now you, the listener, to break free of the mental struggle, find contentment, meaning and purpose in your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me once again. There was lots of lovely feedback on last week's episode on thought management that I thought... <laughs> it was worthwhile to follow up on that just because something that had happened to me through the week but also because thought management dictates everything we do so having a a part two on that will be super powerful for you guys but also so you can see how I put it in practice in a completely different scenario. I bought a very expensive car diffuser from Joe Malone Now, I'd mulled over this for a while because I was thinking it's ridiculously expensive. Like the holder itself was something like 45 quid and then the the fragrance that you put inside is 26 pound. Now, in my head, I could justify 26 pound for a Joe Malone diffuser because in my head, I was going to open the car door and instead of it smelling like dog breath from the tiniest dog in the world, it was somehow seems to smell my car out with his breath, um, that it would smell of Joe Malone. And it would be like walking into a Joe Malone store. So I did decide to treat myself and I got over <laughs> the £75 it was going to cost the first time for me to get this diffuser. And I thought, no, do you know what? It'll be lush. My little car deserves this smell. <laughs> so I'd like justified it somehow. Um, also, thanks to... Um, somebody else I know who'd said no 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 for your car it'll be lovely and actually ended up talking us into it so I bought it and I put it in the car (laughs) and I couldn't smell anything and the only time you could get a whiff of the smell was if you had 
the air, like the hot air on full. Now, if I've ever got the air on, I've normally got it on my feet. I would never put it on my face because it just, I don't know, I don't want to feel hot on my face, but I love my little feet feeling warm. So if I've ever got the heat on, and I am a naturally cold person, so the heating's on, you know, a lot in our house, but also in the car. Um, You've got me in the front with the heat on my feet, and then you've got my husband in the back, who is the opposite of me, and we'll have the window down. <laughs> kind of counterproductive. Anyway... So if you had the heat on and the the air vent open and you had it on on the air vents and the heat was coming through there, then you could smell it. But it wasn't super powerful. Like if I buy perfume, I want to walk into a room and people know that I've entered. <laughs> I want it to be that strong. But I also want anything else that I have, smells wise, to be as strong to the point where I have this is random, but sharing it with you. So I've got one of those diffusers that you plug in and you put water in and you put some oils in and you switch it on and it kind of gives off that, like a, 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 a moist air, but it, 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 it gives out a smell into the air. Now they're good, but I've always felt like they weren't strong enough with the little um, oils that you get with them. So what I do now, and I can't remember how I discovered this, oh, because I had one of those diffusers that you have the oils and you put the sticks in and it was coming to the end and you couldn't really smell it. So I thought, oh, do you know what? I might just pour a little bit of that in my electric diffuser and the smell, oh my God, literally fills the room. So that's a little tip for you. So now I just buy refills of the diffusers that you would put with the sticks in And I pour it into my plug-in refill. And it's still, like I still put water in, but I put a drop of this in because it's so much stronger. So it fills the room. Anyway, I digress because that's just a little tip for you all. Um, And you'll see it sometimes on my stories as well, the diffuser, because it's like a, it, it looks like a glass vase, but then it has this smoke coming out of it. It's very pretty. Anyway, that just shows you how much I like scents. I love, 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 love a good scent. So imagine my disappointment when this thing isn't smelling the car. Like I wanted it to like, as I say, is I wanted to open the car door and imagine that I've walked into Joe Malone. And you would expect, wouldn't you, for £75 that that's what's going to happen. But it didn't. So I mulled it over thinking, oh, like maybe I'll contact customer services and I couldn't be bothered to speak to somebody now I say I couldn't be bothered to speak to someone I'll tell you where that comes from in a second and I thought I'll just go on the chat I'll go on Joe Malone and go on the chat and just message somebody my issue and see if they've got a solution or whether they can give us an exchange or to be honest with you I don't even think I was looking for an exchange I think I was looking for them to go actually you need this scent because that's not powerful enough or something. I don't know. I was looking for a solution because it didn't smell. So we went back and forward and on the chat and the, then he ended with, you, um, we'll, we'll sort this out for you. We'll send a replacement, but you need to package the current one up and post it to us. So I sat with it for a few days thinking, oh God, I've got to post that thing. And I thought, why am I not taking it back to the shop? There is a shop 
right next to me in the metro centre, where I bought it from, which I could easily go back in and say, hey guys, this doesn't smell. So I mulled it around, I was thinking, why am I not doing that? And why didn't I jump on the phone? And the reason being, I discovered, going through my thought management process, was I was worried what they'd think of us. Like I didn't want to be that woman that returned a car diffuser. And those ladies, because probably only like a handful of people work, it's a very small shop. I would imagine at the most, it's probably got four staff on rotation. And I didn't want to be known as the girl, the woman, I'm not a girl anymore, who returned the car diffuser. And my head went, because they'll think you're difficult, they'll think you're awkward, they'll turn the nose up at you. And there was this attachment I had to worrying what other people think. And when I delved into that, I was like, what? (laughs) Jude, that's not you. (laughs) This is what I teach my clients. This is what I teach the students in the academy. Like to not let the fear of what other people think stop us in our tracks. And I was doing exactly that. I was sat there with a very expensive product that essentially didn't work And I was willing not to go into the shop and to pay for postage because I didn't want to go in and say to somebody, I'm not happy with something. So there's loads that I could unpick there. There's me feeling like I'm not good enough. Like what happens if they think like he was she? What happened? Like, you know, you, um, I worry what they think of me. Like, am I going to be viewed as somebody who's difficult? You know, will they think that I... I don't know, like, don't have enough money. Like, I don't know. There was so much attachment. Like, I was literally going, but what will they think of me? Now, that's really keen. If this resonates, then amazing. Because what I was doing in this scenario was asking myself, why am I not doing the thing that would get me the solution? Because the problem was a, a product that I paid for that essentially didn't work. And the outcome I wanted was an exchange or for them to say, why don't you try something else? So that was the outcomes I want. That was the problem. Now that's perfect, right? So that's that's a lovely thing to do is to go, right, what am I dealing with here? What's my problem and what do I want the outcome to be? Because everything in the middle of that was emotion. It was something I had attached to stopping me getting the outcome that I wanted. Now worrying what other people think came from my mum definitely like my mum definitely worried what other people thought and she would judge other people as well so I also got to see the other side of it as well but also you know I was somebody who again being brought up you know children should be seen and not heard so therefore you know growing up maybe I didn't have a voice being little like there's so much attached to that And even if that wasn't you and you're wondering why you worry what other people think, you know, back in, you know, caveman times, we would have worried what other people think because we would have had a fear of rejection. A fear of rejection coming from our ancestors was because if you weren't part of a tribe, then you would be on your own, alienated from a community, and you didn't have anyone to help you with gathering food or fending off predators 
you know, it was a, 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 a very much kind of fight or flight, hence why a lot of our responses are fight or flight back in those days, because it was a very different world. You know, we had to be fearful of things. You know, the, the what we presume was... Um, was just going out of a cave and getting food was actually you'd go out of a cave and you had to be aware of real danger because humans were prey. They were prey for giant lions. They were prey for giant, um, I think it was eagles, you know, that would have come down and preyed on humans. And, and everything was much so, what, what you imagine like going out and being fearful, I mean, yes, we need to be fearful of lions now, but they would have been giant versions of this. And we would have been relatively small in comparison to these. So we were real prey. So you had to be part of a group, you had to be part of a community so that you could live a life so that you weren't going to get killed and so that you could eat. So it was a big deal back then, you know, and and, and we do live on with our ancestral thoughts and feelings, but how it shows up now is very different. So it could be that it's from a, your lineage. It could be that it's from condition and it could be from a bad experience, okay? Whatever it is, it's good to know where it comes from, but it's more important to unpick it. So for me to unpick this, I needed to understand what was going on, so what the issue was, what my solution was, which we talked about. I needed to ask myself, what was my biggest fear? So my biggest fear was that they would judge me because I'm returning this product and that they might think I was being difficult. Then I had to go into, and again, you will unpick this in your own way. But what I have that I can pull on is I've got evidence of working in stores. Like I know what it what it looks like to work in retail. And if somebody came in to do a refund or a return, would I have had judgment on that person? No, definitely not. Because <laughs> you're working on a till or you're working in a store. It's just part of your job to do returns. It doesn't affect you as a person. Okay, it really doesn't. Like it didn't affect my wages if somebody returned anything. It didn't affect my day if somebody returned anything. I had no judgment on the person in front of me. For every person that returned them, how many do you think that I can remember their face? Zero, <laughs> okay? So let's put that into perspective that I am one of many people walking through the doors of Joe Malone. Is, is what I'm thinking relevant? Is what I'm thinking truthful? I also have evidence of returning something and somebody being quite judgmental when I was returning something in all scenes. And it was because the, the, the product was, um, it kind of not, um, oh, what do you call it? I think it had shrunk in the wash or something. Anyway, the manager who was giving me the refund was so supportive and so lovely and said, absolutely, we will exchange this for you. But the girl I'd initially spoke to was rude, she was dismissive, and she definitely didn't believe me, is what I would say. Now, it's really weird because I didn't have an issue with her, although I'm recalling it, so clearly I remember it. But maybe that's because that's me remembering a time where somebody did judge me for returning something. So I have evidence of both. 
So this is really good actually, because you may have evidence of both as well. You may have evidence to say, don't worry about this. And you may have evidence to say, yes, you should be worried about this because look at what happened here. Now, going back to the issue was, I had something that didn't work. I had paid money for a product and it didn't work. So I wanted something. I wanted a refund or an exchange at this point. So if I remove the emotion and the evidence that I now am aware of, I can see both sides of the coin. And then I look at it from my point of view. This is really, really good, right? Because do you know what? I don't know that girl who was a bit mean in all scenes, right? I don't know whether she likes her job. <laughs> I don't know whether she's had a bad day. I don't know whether she's dealt with people all the time who come in and, and who do try to, to um, work the system or whatever. Whatever reason, she wasn't having it, but luckily the manager did. Um, but what I can do in this moment, because you know what? I know I'm a genuinely nice person. I do my very best not to judge people and to see everything with the evidence that's in front of me. But also my mindset goes to trust first. My mindset goes to take everyone as lush, like they're all lush, until they approve me otherwise. So that's how I look at the world. So I will ask myself in this scenario, which was really helped me to go, right, would you care if somebody came in to return something? If you worked in Joe Malone and you had somebody coming in, would you judge them? And I thought to myself, I would only judge them if they came in and they were mean to me as somebody who worked there and somebody who was being unreasonable. Now, the person who's being mean and unreasonable still might have got the refund, but my response to them or my thoughts about them would have been different. So now I know that actually, I know I'm not that person. I was going to go in there and just say like, do you know what? I've bought this and I can't smell it. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Is there anything you can do? So if I then think about what are my actions, what are my words, can they judge me on that? No, because I wouldn't judge myself on that. If I was in their shoes and it's really good to stand in the other person's shoes, I would not judge me for that. Now, I've taken about 15 minutes to tell you all of that. But the process for me was, why am I not returning this? And what do I need to do to allow me to return this? Okay, I need to just go in and just tell them the problem. And if they say, we're not returning and I go all right, okay, but I'm left with a product that I can't use. And I'd be really nice about it and, and say my piece. And worst case scenario, then I come out of there <laughs> and they're not accommodating. Then I'm going to think that was a really bad experience. Like my worst case scenario here is that they say, no, you've bought the product, you can't have a refund or you can't have an exchange. That's actually the worst case scenario, not that they're going to judge me. I've almost worked past that now because I've confronted why I'm nervous of going in. And then I've looked at, okay, well, if I'm just going to go in and say, guys, I bought this product, but I can't smell it. <laughs> That's essentially what they're meant to do. Then I've, I've diminished my fear now of what they think of me because I'm just going in and telling them how it is in a really nice way. 
So then I just prepared for, they're either going to say yes or no in terms of they can exchange it or refund. And if they say no, which is now the worst case scenario, not that they'll judge me as worst case scenario, then I can say, um, all right, okay, well, I've got a, 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 um, a reference number here because I spoke to someone online in the, um, customer services and they wanted me to go and exchange it. So I could come up with that. So I've almost got like, what was I worried about? Is my worry valid? No. So therefore, what's the best outcome? What's the worst outcome now? And I've now prepared for both. Now, you'll be pleased to know, <laughs> I got an exchange and I got a different scent and my car smells lovely. Now, what I want you to do is to think of everything I've said and look at what do you do for a fear of worrying about what do you do or not do for a fear of worrying what someone else thinks? And to be able to recognize when you're being triggered by it. So what I talked about last episode was thought management. Now to be able to manage my own thoughts, I have to acknowledge when I am being triggered by something. And I was being triggered by it, worrying what other people think. Now, all of this was very gentle, back and forward in my head, like coach myself. Now, what I do with clients, and you'll know this if you've listened to the podcast, that they have 12 sessions with me over around six months. And in that time, we are identifying their personal anxiety triggers, identifying their limiting beliefs. And then I'm giving them all the tools tools that I'm sharing with you now on how to check in when it is showing up for you. Now, obviously, when they work with me, it's personalized to them, whatever their goals are at that time. But remember, I could be working with somebody whose goal is to get a new job or to stop sabotaging their business or to start up their own business or to to manage their own anxious thoughts because it's sabotaging all areas of their life. Now, whatever's going on for them right now, it supports them in that time and we get them unstuck. But the purpose, and this is why I only ever work with people for a, 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 a certain amount of time, is because I want them to be able to do this for themselves. If they were paying somebody over time, where they were working with somebody on a yearly basis, like consistently, like they had a, you know, a therapist that was their permanent therapist, then you're going to somebody all the time for solutions and you're not empowering yourself to think for yourself. Like, I know that I am always going to have things that come up for me that I'm going to get a bit triggered by, or I'm going to get a bit down over. And it would be really weird if that didn't happen, because then I would be emotionless. And I'm never going to be emotionless, because I am empathetic, I'm sensitive, I am caring. And all of those things means that I feel things. It'd be really weird if I didn't feel things. 
So everything that I do with clients on a one-to-one basis is not just for them to achieve their goals now, it is to future-proof them for things that might come up when we're not working together. And it's remembering that set of tools because my mindset, you know, we've I've definitely talked about muscle memory before. Your muscle memory wants to go back to something that it recognizes that's a bit painful because it can pull on that quite quickly until you do the work consistently to retrain it. Now I've retrained my brain over and over again and a lot of it I do subconsciously. Like I'm not conscious of it anymore. But there are things where I have to identify why am I not doing that and what's coming up for us. And again, they are really gentle conversations that I'm having with myself to be able to flip it round. And that's really crucial here to know that this is going to happen time and time again, where you're going to come across things that challenge your mental state or challenge things that you're trying to do. And they're going to tell you a story, you know, like there is going to be a time where I'm going to get challenged again by my childhood thought of I'm not smart enough. And I have to acknowledge, right, that's coming up for me again. And I lean into it and ask myself those really simple questions like, what is the problem and what do I want the result to be? And how do I problem solve Because normally, 99.9% of the time, the thing that's stopping any of that is that emotion. It's that tie to the thing, that feeling, whatever it is, not feeling good enough, not feeling smart enough, not feeling X enough. That is the thing that tends to come up, that panic where we think we can't cope or we think we can't do something. And being able to have a tool set to pull on to go, okay, I can sense I'm being triggered here. And that's what the unbreakable mindset does for my clients, not just while I'm working with them, but for future proof, okay? Like future proof in them so that they don't have to come to me forever. I would definitely not be doing my job if a client felt they had to come to me all the time. So even when, if a client does, and I always offer this and say, you know, like in the future, if you felt like you couldn't cope with something and you were drowning a little bit, you have the option to book in a one-off session. So I give them that option because that's a comfort to know that, you know what, if in future I'm struggling, I can just book a one-off session and have a reset. And some people do use it, but very, very rarely. And when they do book it in, the thing that I will ask them to do is to write out, tell me what's going on for you, just so I can prepare for the session. So tell me what's going on for you, what's been been amazing that's happening, what are you currently struggling with? And the mere act of them writing that down by the time we have the session, they will have problem solved it already. That session ends up being a really nice kind of me confirming that they are okay. They confirming that actually, do you know what? I feel like I'm not where I was. I'm not a two anymore. I'm probably about a six or a seven. Like I feel I'm going to get past this. And they may still have a few questions, but again, very rarely because the mere act of writing it down means that they've probably problem solved it for themselves. So what am I teaching you in this episode is that thought management 
sometimes requires you to go a little bit deeper and just problem solve. Problem solving is huge. It's what businesses do to be able to overcome, I don't know, sales problems or targets or KPIs. Like that is what they do in business. They problem solve and firefight all of the time. And for you to move forward, being able to problem solve rather than panic is super powerful. It becomes one of your superpowers. So think about what's coming up for you right now. When do you specifically worry what other people think? And ask yourself, would you judge somebody the way you fear judgment? Then ask yourself, how do you want to come across? Because that was a big part, actually, of what I did there that I probably didn't point out. Like, how do I want to come across? I want to come across as somebody who is just going into a shop. I'm not being aggressive. I'm not kind of demanding that I get a refund or an exchange. I'm just saying, like guys, I've got this. Can anyone help us? So I come across as somebody who is nice, kind, not offensive, can have a chat, you know, and I'm not, I'm not getting their back up because I'm not demanding anything at that point. I'm just like stating, stating some facts and asking a question, like, is there anything they can do? And that, I think, is a really nice way to come across and it will get me the desired results. So it might be that you need to dig deep on going, right, well, how do I want to come across in this scenario? What would I want somebody to do in this scenario? How would I judge somebody? What would I think of somebody? Like, there's loads of really powerful questions that you can ask yourself to get over worrying what other people think. Because worrying what other people think can be one of the most debilitating and anxiety triggers that 99% of my clients will have when they come to me. And I just want you to acknowledge that, you know what, even though I've done this work on myself and I am through the other side of it, is that I will still have certain triggers that aren't necessarily mine anymore, but that I need to check in with. And it's really powerful to do that work. Really, really powerful. So never stop doing the work on your mental health. But what we don't want to do, and remember I I said this last session, like we don't want to unpack and stay there in the uncomfortable space. We need to be able to zoom out and go, what's going on? Like, what do I need to work on here? Why is this coming up for me? And what do I want my end goal to be? Have an amazing week, everyone. Acknowledge when worrying what other people think is coming up for you and I would love to hear your stories of when you have problem solved this on your own just by looking at the situation from a distance thank you so much for listening to the unbreakable mindset podcast with me your host jude don't if you have enjoyed this episode then please do share with others and it would mean a huge deal to me if you would rate review follow and subscribe on your podcast app this will allow the podcast to keep growing and going to new audiences and if you want to know all the ways in which you can work with me directly please visit judedont.com coaching.co.uk. The links will be in the show notes.